0: Hi, I'm Andy Moore, your Friday host of the 8 O'Clock Buzz. Thanks for spending your mornings with us. We love bringing you this blend of art and music and news and politics and and more. In return, we ask that you spend a little to support this show. And it's easy. Go to wortfm.org slash donate. Segment one. Candidates running for president get a lot of scrutiny. And 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 they should. Uh, the, the current race between uh, the two main party candidates has kind of summoned up um, not not a small amount of ageism, in, 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 in my opinion. It, it could be argued among among many Americans, and 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 also, in my opinion, among certain elements of the mainstream press. But there's a fine line between saying someone may be too old to handle the many responsibilities of running our country. And, and, and making a big deal out of a lapse in memory over a, over a detail or two. In recent months, Joe Biden and Donald Trump have, have had memory lapses over certain details that have caused questions about their fitness for office. Now, I want to say for the record, um, there are solid reasons to fear Trump as president, like his dismissing NATO, among many other things, that are far more concerning and have nothing to do with whether or not he remembers what state he's in. Um, still... Uh, Remembering what state you're in seems to be a good thing for our president to no, know. Uh, we, we climb into this topic now with UW-Madison Assistant Professor of Communication Arts, Allison um, the Professor Presh specializes in presidential rhetoric. Good morning, Professor, and welcome back to the Friday Buzz. Good morning, Andy. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, I, I can hear your voice. I'm so glad you're here, but I can also hear a, um, a, a dial tone as well. Can you hear me? Okay, I can barely hear you. We're gonna let these guys work this out. We have a lot going on this morning. If you heard, we have live musicians and so forth in the studio. Um, Oh, it went away. Can you hear me now? And I think we lost Professor Prash as well. That's okay. Um, And uh, we're gonna try to get her back on the line. This is live radio. Um, uh, I talked to Professor Prash um, almost a year ago um, to uh, the the day today um, when um, the Carter family lost Rosalind. Um, it's, I can't believe it's been almost a year. As I said, she uh, specializes in presidential rhetoric, uh, especially campaign and elections rhetoric. We're going to try to get her back on the phone now. Um, and I think she may be back with us. Allison, are you there?
1: I am. Can you hear me now? I
0: can. I'm sorry for the for the flubby wubby Um, no I, I I've been using the word rhetoric a lot. Um, obviously a, a key word in, in your job description. And it, you know what? It just dawned on me that that while he doesn't use the rhetoric the word rhetoric, Donald Trump explains away his memory lapses as actual and, and intentional parts of his campaign rhetoric. I meant to call her the wrong name. He boasts. Have you noticed that? It's an excellent
1: point. Um, and it's actually a strategy that rhetoricians have used for a long time. I will just say, um, before getting to Trump, I think it's important to note that we often hear the term rhetoric used in a really pejorative sense, that it's simply language to, you know, uh, cajole voters or to um, kind of hide behind something. And that's not all that rhetoric is, yeah. but it can feel that way in particular ways. Yes. Um. And so yeah
0: go ahead but but, you know the the intentional um um, masking is that is that going does that work for him
1: i think it does work for him with a particular base and i think it works for a number of reasons first i think there's this strategy he will utilize that it's like i'm not saying this but you could infer this from my discourse or i really meant you know, equate Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi, for example, it's a very intentional choice that is kind of almost this wink to his audience to say, well, you should equate Nikki Haley with Nancy Pelosi for these particular reasons. So I think it is. Effective for him, and that's the reason he keeps
0: doing it. One, well, it falls in line with what you're saying about his it being pejorative. Um, it, it's mean to mix people up. It's it's um it's it's not very civil to, to mix yeah. and confuse people, especially if you're if you're um showing a little bit of rage along with it. Uh, last week, it, it, the equivalence of, of of these candidates is something that haunts all of us. There's no equivalence with regards to behavior and rhetoric. We are talking generally about fitness and memory lapse. um and a report last week about biden's handling of classified documents as you know described uh, the president as an quote an elderly man with a poor memory um not so great for the incumbent the report noted that the president hadn't remembered the exact time frame that he served as vice president and struggled to recall the period when his late son Bo biden had passed away what kind of damage uh, can that kind of coverage cause the biden campaign or, or, or any campaign
1: yeah, I mean, I think it would cause damage to any campaign. And I think within the particulars of this situation, thinking about Biden, both the administration and the campaign, um, you know, one of the things that happens for publics who are not as in tune with the intricacies of the presidency or watching the news all the time is that there is kind of this been this chatter prior to the report of, you know, is Biden too old? And, it, it you know, even though both candidates, are advanced in age it is true that biden's age hits the public differently than Trump's does and so what has happened now is because there is this more focus on biden you know as you noted being described as an elderly man with poor memory that almost reinforces to the public that oh yeah the concerns i've been hearing about from other people Mm -hmm. maybe they really are factual and so it kind of um it, it, it justifies the concern in their minds mm-hmm. um, in particular ways that just kind of repeats the cycle for them to say, yeah, maybe this is a real big issue that I should pay more attention to.
0: For an, av- uh, for, for, for an American public uh, watching this race closely for the average reasonable American, and I can't believe we live in a time when I have to load in the word reasonable. What, what's the mm-hmm. difference between telling the truth and saying something incorrect by accident?
1: That is a great question. You know, I think I would have to go back to the premise of your question of the reasonable public. Because one of the things you have to look at when you're studying how a, a candidate or a politician speaks to their audience is what they are attempting to garner from their audience and so we have an example in this moment of you know we can talk about the the gas that biden made um in the press conference that he delivered after this report where he's mixing up two world leaders i mix up people in front of my yeah. class in a lecture yeah. right this is something that we all have done and and i don't want to make claims about biden's intentions but i'm quite certain that that was a mistake
0: that's right? that's, that's what your students report I'm kidding. Uh, just just <laughs> k- kidding. Um, uh, but as a student of presidential rhetoric yourself, can you think of, of past campaigns where a presidential candidate's memory was called into question?
1: Well, <clears throat> excuse me. The, I mean, the clearest parallel is 1984 and Ronald Reagan. Um, the concerns were not as pronounced. It was more a conversation about, um, his age. And at the time he was the oldest person that had run for president and that would be president. Um, but, you know, it's important to remember that there were not um, that there was n- not this much scrutiny. And we all know that, you know, he would eventually develop Alzheimer's, but that was not apparent or there were not signs of that in 1984. And so I think one of the things that makes this different is not necessarily Biden's performance, but it is the about a concern of age and the fact that his age is the most advanced that the public has experienced
0: I was really hoping you would use Ronald Reagan as an example um, and uh, the the 1984 Famous debate moment. Um, we actually have that queued up Jim Wilson. We're going to play that back um, and uh, this is You're right There was concern about Reagan's age, but also the state of mind that comes with a perceived feebleness of someone who's old this is how uh, ronald reagan handled that we'll hear the question from a moderator this is about a 45 second clip and then we'll hear what ronald reagan did with that mr president i want to raise an issue that i think has been lurking out there for two or three weeks and cast it specifically in national security terms you already are the oldest president in history and some of your staff say you were tired after your most recent encounter with mr mr uh, mondale um Okay, Ronald Reagan, thumbiness, knows that concerns over his age, mental state, and fitness for office in a 1984 de- debate. Professor Presh, what, what is your takeaway from that debate moment?
1: Well, I mean, I think, first of all, the fact that we're playing it 40 years later tells us something, right, that it's well known, <laughs> that it is a way to very cleverly and humorously completely redirect the conversation. Um I think that Biden and his team have attempted to do the same thing they have. You've seen it in various mm-hmm. jokes that Biden will make about, you know, I, I spoke with the founding fathers or, you know, my memory. He said to one reporter, my memory is so bad that I let you speak again with a, a reporter that was you know, particularly combative. Um, but I also think we see their attempt to, to do similar things, for example, in the fact that the Biden campaign is now on TikTok in an attempt to reach younger voters. Um, I, I will say, though, that even in those attempts, the public perception and the visuals that voters experience of Biden, whether it's on cable news, whether it's in imagery, um, that is much more top of mind and present to a voting public hmm. than it was in 1984. We have seen Biden age in particular ways, and hmm. there is a notable difference between 2020 and 2024, and, and that is a fact.
0: That- that's interesting and um, in and your description of how biden's approach to accommodating those gaps um it, 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 in, in, in contrast to how his opponent um is accommodating those uh those gaps mm-hmm. is is um is, is, is something related to 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 as you say to to how Reagan handled it, but the audience's uh, laughter and warmth to Reagan's uh, quip Mm. in that uh, in in that clip Um, Suggested Americans are able to keep things in perspective when it comes to verbal gas made by candidates at least at least then Would you agree now?
1: Uh, You know, I think when we're talking about this question of age I think it's really important to remember that we're not just talking about a number but we're also talking about, I think, a public dissatisfaction mm-hmm. of the two candidates that are options. If you talk to generally most voters, I talk to my students a lot in class and I you know, talk to other people um, in the in the scope of my research and across the board, despite political party, people routinely say, do we really have to do 2020 again? And so I think that it is this deep concern, not just about age, but why are these the two options that we have? And why do we have to go through this again? And sometimes it's easier to articulate that, yeah. to just say age.
0: Yeah, uh, we only have about 30 seconds left. Um, <laughs> I want to get some advice um, from you, for our listeners, it, it, many of whom are, are are avid political news consumers. Give us some advice about what we need to keep in mind when we read a report about a candidate, I don't know, um, flubbing the name of a world leader.
1: Well, the, the quick version would be, I think it's really important to keep in mind, ultimately, what the job of the president is. And the fact that we do need um, wisdom, experience, adherence to the rule of law, a reverence for the institution of the presidency a uh, based in the Constitution. And that ultimately has ripple effects. I think it's really easy to focus on a particular gaffe or moment in public and latch on to that without considering the larger stakes of what we face in 2024. And so taking them with a grain of salt, I think is really important.
0: Good advice, Dr. Allison Preist. Thank you so much for joining us again on the Friday bus. I, I hope you'll come back. I would love to. I would love to. This is a great way to start my Friday. Oh, so
1: thank, <laughs> thank you. Have a
0: great weekend. Yep, you too. Alison Pratch is a UW Madison Assistant Professor of Communication Arts.